Welcome to the Strategic Investor. Join us as we interview some of the world's most productive asset managers and uncover sophisticated and unique investment strategies in the markets. Here is your host, Charlie Wright. Hello and welcome to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. You're welcome to contact us at info at strategicinvestorradio.com and go to our website to hear podcasts of all of our interviews and shows, strategicinvestorradio.com. Today's June 9th, 2016. I'm Charlie Wright, and we'd like to welcome for the very first time Fran Siegel, Chief Investment Officer at Impact Assets. Fran talks to us uh, from her offices in Los Angeles. Fran, welcome to Strategic Investor Radio. Charlie, thanks for having me today. So, Fran, Impact Assets is a firm that focuses on investing for maximum social, environmental, and financial impact. So give us a brief description of what impact investing is. Sure, happy to. So impact investing is investing for social and environmental impact as well as financial returns. Currently in the United States, there's about $6.5 trillion, or one out of every six investment dollars, is deployed with impact across asset classes, which is up 76% since 2012. Most of this money is invested in the public markets, invested with negative screens, such as those that screen out alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, and others and increasingly invested with positive screens in the public markets. So those would include environmental, social, and governance practices that a a public company manager uh, might employ that actually correlate with strong financial returns and mitigated risks, which perhaps we can talk about a bit more later. In addition, there is about $100 billion today invested globally in what we call deep impact investment, and that's investments in private companies where the central focus is really the mission. And here, investment themes might include jobs creation, financial inclusion like microfinance, sustainable agriculture, water, and sanitation. One thing I wanted to add about impact investing is that – Uh, that all investing is actually impact investing. The impact may be positive or the impact may be negative, but how we invest, purchase, consume, drive, vote, all have impact. Okay, thank you, Fran. So tell us next, who is Impact Assets and what do you do for an investor? Sure. Uh, Impact Assets, where, again, I serve as chief investment officer, is a nonprofit financial services firm dedicated to increasing the flow of capital to impact investing. In particular, we work to democratize access to impact investing by expanding opportunities for investors to put capital to work. And in particular, we provide investment products and thought leadership that enable asset owners and their wealth advisors to make investments with positive social, environmental, and financial returns. So in terms of specifically how we serve investors, uh, we run uh, a donor-advised fund, which is why we are a nonprofit organization. Uh, So we run a donor-advised fund called the Giving Fund, which is a $280 million impact investing donor-advised fund. We have nearly 800 clients for which we run separately managed charitable accounts, ranging in size from $5,000, which is our account minimum, to $60 million. Uh, And so you can think of them almost, Charlie, as small or or quite large 
family foundations. Uh, and so we make grants at the recommendation of our, of our clients, uh, but we also deploy the capital with impact across asset classes. So again, in the public and private markets. So I thought maybe I could give you an example of a, of a fund that we've invested in and actually an example of a client. So um, one private, private venture fund that, that my team and I sourced and diligence placed on the platform is called Core Innovation Capital, which is a venture capital fund that invests in companies that expand, ac- expand access to financial services to those in the United States who are unbanked and underbanked. So your listeners may have heard this term fintech, short for financial technology. Well, Core Innovation Capital invests in companies uh, that deploy fintech for good. And um, it's, a, it's a tremendous opportunity to create an impact, but also to create a very strong rate of uh, a financial return. Um, an example of one of our donor advice on clients is this fellow named Seth Goldman, who is the founder of Honest Tea, Honest which was ultimately bought out by Coke. Uh, and he, through his donor advised fund, invests in natural and organic food and beverage startups uh, right out of his donor advised fund. So it gives you a feeling, especially on the private side, for the types of exposure we, we uh, offer our clients. We also uh, have these investment notes, which I'd like to talk about a little bit more uh, in a moment to somatic impact investing security, so I'll put a pin in that. But finally, uh, on, uh, Impact Assets also engages in field building. Uh, so we have a lot of resources on our site for asset owners and their wealth advisors, including something called the Impact Assets 50, which is a publicly available, searchable database of leading impact investing firms on the private side, which we refresh every year and was created really because we were hearing from wealth advisors that they wanted some manager ideas. And so we refresh this, this uh, database annually, and we, we make it available for free to, to anyone who is interested in learning more about impact investing. Okay, so, so let's say that uh, an advisor or uh, an investor is interested in uh, working with impact assets. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, what... What would somebody do, 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 either the advisor or the investor? Do they contact you and they say, I have X number of dollars, and then you give them different choices, or do they invest them with you and you determine how to invest invest it? Mm-hmm. Uh, how does this work? And let's stay a, away from the two notes because we're going to cover those in greater detail in just a minute here. Mm. Okay. On the donor-advised fund, uh, so uh, an example might be uh, you know, your client or you or an entrepreneur and uh, say you have a liquidity event and uh, there's an opportunity to shelter some of the some of the income uh, by either donating to charity or creating a family foundation well some folks might decide to start a donor advised fund which is again a, a charitable entity we give a tax benefit based on the donation and then we would run for example, the Charlie Wright Family Donor Advised Fund at Impact Assets, where you would have an account, uh, say you open up an account of you know, $100,000, and then you would uh, take a look at the investment choices, both from the public markets and the private markets, that my team and I um, diligence and make available on the platform. And in that way, you could allocate your, uh, your kind of endowment, if you will, uh, consistently with your values as well as uh, granting out of that account. Okay, and so th- those are ways people could uh, could contribute uh, by investing through impact assets. So tell us about your two, uh, are they ETNs, exchange-traded notes here, global sustainable agriculture. Let's start with that one. 
Okay, so I'll, I'll share with you about the note program, and then I'll, I'll, I'll go into sustainable ag. Uh, so impact assets develop two impact investing securities, again, designed to democratize access to impact investing by lowering some of the structural barriers to the capital flows. And some of those structural barriers are high investment minimums. So, for example, to get exposure to a private debt and equity fund, a lot of times the investment bite size is pretty high. It could be a half a million dollars, a million dollars or more. And so we see that as one of the barriers to people uh, getting into this impact investing field. And so we've structured these notes to bring down investment minimums and also to be distributed broadly through wealth advisor platforms. So these products are thematic in nature. They're five-year private debt securities. Uh, but they are publicly registered, so they can be distributed broadly through wealth advisor platforms. The minimum investment is $25,000, so a much more um, affordable bite, bite size than uh, the, the typical you know, half a million dollar plus to get exposure to a fund. And uh, we, we, we selected these two high-impact investment themes, microfinance and global sustainable agriculture, for, for two main reasons. One is, three reasons, actually. One is the broad appeal to asset owners. Uh, the second is that these investment themes significantly impact the livelihoods of folks at the bottom of the pyramid, you know, living on you know, $10 a day or, or, or much less in emerging markets. And thirdly, because of the financial return. So it's really you know, designed for investors who seek to create financial returns as well as impact. Starting with sustainable agriculture, which is what you asked about, here we, uh, we raise the capital into uh, a note program, and then we deploy the capital, specifically focusing on promoting global practices and solutions that build sustainable food systems and improve environmental outcomes while benefiting small and medium-sized farmers in rural communities and emerging markets. So this market of, of agriculture, sustainable agriculture, is really growing. Uh, the organic food um, industry is, is exploding, so too is fair trade. And we also know that, uh, that, that smallholder farmers in emerging markets, say smallholder farmers that, uh, that, that grow coffee or cocoa beans, um, need capital in order to grow their business and expand their production so that they can, you know, create the fair trade coffee and chocolate that we like to consume in the United States and in Europe, uh, but their access to capital is really impeded. So that's kind of the, the, what's driving the, the financial imperative around sustainable agriculture. But on the social side, on, on the impact side, this is a, an incredibly high impact theme. So. 70% of the world poor are rural farmers. They're largely subsistence farmers. And if we could get them the best practices around um, use of water, use of seeds, growing practices, uh, they could uh, grow their way out of the subsistence lifestyle. We have uh, a high population uh, and, and growing, and the demand for food needs to increase by 70% by 2050 as the population grows to 9 billion, so there's an increasing demand for food. And agriculture, as you may know, also is very, very resource intensive. So agriculture accounts for 25% of global greenhouse gas emissions and 70% of global water use. And so, uh, you know, when we start thinking about natural resources and climate change, we, we start understanding that the food that we produce cannot continue to uh, 
be produced in this fashion. So global sustainable agriculture is something that is kind of captures the imagination of the investor. They see the opportunity for financial returns, but they also see the social and environmental impact associated with it. Fran, I still don't understand what you're investing in. Do you, do, do you give money to banks and they loan it out? Do you invest with consultants? Where's the money invested here? Mm-hmm. And, and then how do you generate a return for the investor? Yep. So we uh, are putting the money to work with the advice of sub-advisors. So these are uh, uh, fund managers who have a very, very seasoned track record, have a great core of, of uh, borrowers in place. And we are investing alongside them, uh, specifically in agriculture. We invest in agricultural grower cooperatives and production facilities that serve these smallholder farmers. So a moment ago I talked about these smallholder subsistence farmers that want to expand. And so they, they, they typically join agricultural grower cooperatives that can serve you know, hundreds, thousands, or even tens of thousands of smallholder farmers. And those agricultural grower cooperatives are our borrowers, and they also, um, in addition to deploying capital to the subsistence farmers so that they can uh, grow uh, crops, uh, they also offer education, uh, access to seeds, uh, irrigation, and shared equipment. So it's w- w- the, the borrowing entity or agricultural grower cooperatives, and then production facilities, so uh, coffee, pr- uh, coffee processing plants, for example. So uh, those are our, our, our borrowers. I can, I can give you an example or two if that would be of interest. Well, are there, these are profitable ventures here. These are people that have been in business for years, and they're, they're for-profit corporations uh, or businesses? Yep. Absolutely. So I can give you an example or two of these of, of these agricultural borrowers. So one of our borrowers is a Chilean co-op, um, which is a large fair trade certified honey exporter. Uh, they've been in business since 1997, and they assist they assist their members, their smallholder farmers, with beehive management, sales, marketing, uh, and exporting. The co-op is made up of nine producer groups. Uh, of representing about 600 individual farmers. Um, another, a coffee example, is an entity that we are uh, that we've invested in that processes coffee. They're they're they are responsible for for processing 35 percent of all coffee production in Honduras. Uh, the company's objective is to support the smallholder farmers through fair trade practices. And in 2013, this company was awarded the Presidential Award for Exporters. Uh, by the president of Honduras. So these are are, our going concerns, they're long-standing concerns, they're profitable concerns, and we feel that they're very strong credit risks. Okay. You know, hold that right there, Fran. We're going to take a quick break. This is very interesting stuff. We've talked about the global sustainable agriculture note. When we come back, we'll talk about the microfinance note, which has been uh, very interesting since uh, Mohamed Yunus got uh, the Nobel Peace Prize a few years ago. We're talking again with Fran Siegel, Chief Investment Officer at Impact Assets. You're listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, and we'll be right back. According to the consulting firm Strategic Capital Allocation Group, every decade since 1900 has experienced at least one bear market, and several have experienced as many as three. 
So how do we protect our principal from these declines without missing the gains when prices rise? At Strategic Investor Radio, we interview asset managers with unique strategies designed to both protect and grow your investments. Investing is not rocket science. It's rocket fuel if you know how to harness it. For podcasts of our interviews, please visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. All right, back to Charlie in this very interesting discussion. Thank you, Paul. Again, we're talking with Fran Siegel, Chief Investment Officer at Impact Assets. So, Fran, tell us about the microfinance note that you have. Sure. The Microfinance Plus note uh, focuses on lending to microfinance institutions uh, that, are res- that have responsible and transparent business practices and promote the emergence of innovative microfinance or micro-lending solutions serving poor populations in emerging markets. So this investment theme is very much about financial inclusion and making uh, uh, credit available to folks, micro-entrepreneurs who need that capital in order to grow. the, uh, th- this is a, f- a fascinating investment theme. Uh, there's there's a, a fair amount of track record. You talked about Muhammad Yunus. Uh, he he started the microcredit uh, practice in the mid 70s in Bangladesh, and so as a result, there's a lot of track record in this investment theme. And we have seen that it, microfinance actually has a very, very low correlation to the financial capital markets. And so some savvy investors actually use microfinance investing as a, as a hedge against the public markets. The average write-off rate uh, for, for, micro, for microfinance investment is about 33 basis points, which would be uh, the envy of, of, of any bank in the United States. Uh, but it's also a very, very high impact theme. Two out of every three jobs in developing, comp- developing economies, pardon me, are provided by small and medium-sized businesses that are served by microcredit. And uh, we also know that microfinance uh, promotes gender equality. Most microfinance borrowers are women. Women do 66% of the world's work but only earn 10% of the world's income, and yet they invest 90% of their assets into family and community. So if you're trying to move the dial on rural communities, investing uh, through microfinance and investing in women is a, is a very uh, savvy play. Yeah, that, that, you know, for years I've been very interested in microfinance. And so do you, does your program focus on in particular com- countries? And uh, do, you, do you have uh, relationships with like dozens of banks or is it just uh, three or four? How does that work? So uh, we've, we are currently fundraising for these notes. Uh, we have uh, our first close and we've deployed the capital um, uh, from that close. And uh, I can share with you some examples of borrowers that give you a feeling for the geographical dis- dispersion. But uh, we 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 do invest in, um, in in parts of Asia, Eastern Europe, and Latin America. And so, uh, an example or two. Uh, w- one is a microfinance investment that we made in Cambodia, um, and this microfinance institution focuses on serving entrepreneurs and families, again, at the base of the socioeconomic pyramid. Uh, they focus on consumer, uh, customer service and education, product innovation, and transparent pricing. And so they make group and individual loans, small and medium-sized enterprise loans, and even loans to finance so- solar installations. 
another borrower in Ecuador um, is more of a full-service bank, but they focus on micro, small, and medium-sized enterprises and with a, a range of, of, of financial products, uh, not just credit, but also savings as well. Uh, all of these institutions that we lend to, uh, in addition to having very transparent pricing, also have wraparound services, including education, to help the borrowers make the most of, of their investment. And here, the, the end borrower, so we're investing in a microfinance institution that in turn lends to these micro-entrepreneurs, and they could be small shop owners, uh, bakers, florists, um, bicycle repair shops, and other family-run businesses. And the goal here is to give access to some working capital uh, so that they can expand their business. You know, both of these notes, the global sustainable agriculture and the microfinance, uh, are, are globally focused, not domestic U.S. Do you have domestic U.S. investments that you uh, offer also? We do through our donor-advised fund. And so the example I gave you earlier of core innovation capital that's a fund that we offer through a donor-advised fund product, um, and, and that focuses on the domestic, unbanked, and underbanked. Um, and we have had a range of uh, domestic private debt and private equity options uh, through the donor-advised fund. Through the note program, our first two uh, investment themes happen to focus on emerging markets, but we're looking at expanding that program over time to other investment themes uh, that may be focused more domestically. Okay. And, of course, the million-dollar question that always comes up when we talk about, uh, you know, uh, social and other impact investing is uh, should an investor expect to have to settle for a lower return in exchange for their altruistic desire to con- contribute to society. Yeah, so this is a, a, a topic that we talk a lot about in impact investing, and that is the perceived trade-off between financial returns and impact. And the answer is uh, it depends. There are absolutely investments that you could make uh, in with impact that create a market rate or even a premium rate of return. And then there are some other themes that may be below market rates. So it really depends. We're starting to see some excellent data coming out about returns, especially around market rate impact uh, investing. So recent studies by Oxford University, Morgan Stanley, and Cambridge Associates, as well as Wharton, the Wharton School, uh, have concluded that impact investments in the public markets and in venture capital can perform as well and in many instances better than their traditional cohorts. And one of the reasons is, uh, that, that I believe and we believe is that, uh, you know, the world is changing. We have this population growth. We have dwindling natural resources, increasing incidence of drought, and uh, as well as public health challenges and education challenges. And we see these challenges as actually, in impact investing, as actually opportunities to create uh, not only high impact, but also to get very, very strong financial returns. Well, that, that is interesting, and I know that uh, many things are coming out these days, um, the studies, etc., showing uh, the benefits of uh, strong social, environmental, and financial uh, impact investing, and, uh, uh, you know, it, 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 time will tell uh, how those actually return over time. So tell us, Fran, a question we always ask our guests, what keeps you awake at night, Fran? 
aside from caffeine, <laughs> drinking caffeine late in the day keeps me up at night. Um, the, the thing that keeps me up at night is how we can use the capital markets and for-profit business models to move the dial on the world's most pressing social and environmental issues. And that's really why I'm an impact investor. That's why I went to business school. That's why I went into finance, is to use the range of tools of finance uh, to make a difference in the world. Okay, well, that is certainly a, a worthy cause, no question about it. And the second question we'd like to ask is, what book on investing would you recommend for our listeners? Uh, yes, I have an, an offline and an online example. Uh, so one of my favorite books, uh, I teach a graduate-level class at, at USC on impact investing, and uh, the book that we use uh, is called Impact Investing, Transforming How We Make Money While Making a Difference. And it's by Anthony Bug Levine, which is hyphenated, and Jed Emerson, and that's you could find that um, on Amazon. And then uh, another online resource is uh, the, the, the website for the Global Impact Investing Network, uh, which the acronym for that is GIN. So the, the website is thegin.org, so T-H-E-G-I-I-N.org. Okay, well, thank you very much. Well, those are two new ones for us that uh, no one else has, has recommended. So give us your website, will you, for people who want to know more. Absolutely. The Impact Assets website is www.impactassets.org. Okay, and give us final words for our listeners here, Fran. Yeah, so uh, th- this relates to what keeps me up at night, Charlie, uh, that the world is, is, is changing rapidly and that the status quo of how capital is currently deployed can, uh, can no longer support this, this changing world. Philanthropy and government aid are insufficient to solve the world's most pressing social and environmental issues. On the other hand, there's a mistrust of the capital markets, which is with its slavish devotion to quarterly returns rather than short, the long-term value creation. Impact investing represents a paradigm shift, allocating capital for social and environmental impact as well as financial returns. That is, focusing on maximizing stakeholder value rather than concentrating exclusively on shareholder value. And we in Impact Investing believe that this is the future of finance. Fran, thank you very much. Before we go, we got your website. How about contact information for people who want to get a little more personal here? Sure. Uh, folks can reach me at F as in Frank, S as in Sam, E-E-G-U-L-L at impactassets.org. Very good. Fran, thank you very much. This has been delightful and very, very interesting. And uh, you are the first uh, we have had on this show in regards to ESG, SRI, uh, any kind of impact investing. And we started at the top here. So it was very, very interesting what you did for us. And thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you, Charlie. So again, we've been talking with, listening to Fran Siegel, Chief Investment Officer at Impact Assets. She talked to us out of her Los Angeles office, and you've been listening to Strategic Investor Radio on octalkradio.net, where we bring you investment strategies you are not hearing elsewhere. I'm Charlie Wright, wishing you an enjoyable week and productive and impactful investing. You've been listening to The Strategic Investor, your source for compelling investment strategies from some of the most productive asset managers in the industry. For unique investment strategies, visit us at strategicinvestorradio.com. 
Investing is not rocket science. 